Hello, everybody. I'm Dr. Connor Hogan, PhD. You're welcome to The Doc Connor Show. So, what book is going to give you the rules of life? Hmm. What is the book that gives you the rules of life? Are there rules in life? Well, according to author Jordan Peterson, yes, there are. There are 12 rules in life. I mean, really? Do you really need rules in life? Surely life is for living, for experiencing, for learning from, from your, well, the things you do incorrectly, the things you mess up on. Surely that's why we go to school after all. Surely that's why we go to college. Otherwise, you're telling me this one book will give you rules for life? Is that not like the Ten Commandments in religion? Is that not like different religions that give us this particular guide and tell us, hey, follow this and this will make you perfect or happy? Maybe it is, maybe it is not. But according to Peterson's book, the 12 rules are going to be the antidote to chaos. Chaos? What is the chaos you speak of? Now, this book, before I go on about it, has had its criticisms, a lot of criticism. All you need to do is go online and you'll see a lot of criticism from it. However, to give it a fair summary and review, I think it's, uh, it's, it's really true to say that Amazon has put it in its bestseller list. Back in 2019, it was number 41. And that was late 2019. So who is this author first off? Because why is this person selling us this 12 rules for life, an antidote to chaos? Why does life need rules? Huh. Jordan Peterson, well, he is a clinical psychologist from Canada. Yes, Canada, not American, Canada, north of it. So he's also a type of cultural critic. Now, in the University of Toronto, he took up professorship there in psychology. And in particularly, he was looking at, believe it or not, ideological belief and religion. Ha ha. He also looked at the improvement of personality and performance. So again, we asked the question, why are the rules to life? Well, maybe there's, you know, commandments to life. From 1997, way back four years, to 1993, he lived in Massachusetts and he was teaching and doing research in Harvard University. Now, this is a wonderful university, world-renowned in the psychological type of area. So, Peterson may indeed know his stuff or something about it. And he was also associate professor in the psychology department back then in the late 1990s. Here he looked at aggression from alcohol and drug abuse. And in fact, a number of well, thesis provo proposals that were a bit unconventional were supervised by Peterson. Now, perhaps I say, perhaps this is where some of the criticism of his work comes from. Now, after this, he went to Canada and there he became, as said, the professor at the University of Toronto. Now, the fantastic Rutledge publishers, they went back in 1999 and published his Maps of Meaning. This is the Architecture of Belief. This book 
took Peterson 13, believe it or not, 13 years to complete. Perhaps if he took the 12 rules of life, he wouldn't have had such well, chaos to the under, well, the unlucky 13 years he spent writing the book. And it was described, that particular book, as a comprehensive theory for how we construct meaning. So there were 13 years to construct meaning, yet there's 12 rules to life after all. Interesting. Now, it was represented by a mythical process of the explanatory hero. And here there was an interpretation of religious and mythical models of, well, reality. Mm. It's a little bit outside our comfort zone. Let's keep it simple. But essentially, essentially, that's what he did. He tried to simplify it all into 12 rules for life. That particular book looked at religion, philosophy, mythology, narratives of um, just going into all of those narratives as such and put it into, well, a, an easier form of pages, i.e. a book after 13 years of struggling with all his neuropsychology and mythology, religion, etc. His goal was to, well, essentially look at people individually and not just as groups, but to look at their social conflict. And then the people to path these individuals, or the paths they took more so, to take them and look at the results and how, well, how they kind of got on afterwards. He was interested in things like the Rwandan genocide, which is a horrible atrocity, the Auschwitz concentration camps, and places like that. He considered himself a pragmatist, and looked at using science and neuropsychology to look at the belief systems of, well, the past, the past in the world, past people, and vice versa. So this is where his book, his great book, his bestseller on Amazon, this is the type of tinting of, I suppose, criticisms, but also complimentary type of reviews were given to him for the 12 rules of life now we we'll get to the rules in a few moments but in 2004 he was part of a 13 part tv series based on the book his book the maps of meaning so worth checking that one out if you indeed agree with what he was saying now he had many colleagues that were well known as well and he his authoring was well indeed it was said in 2017 that his project was of great significance, of psychological significance with biblical times. And it was the 12 rules of life, life even, an antidote to chaos, that brought a lot of, shall we say, heat to his name. Now it became the number one national, believe it or not, bestseller and internationally a bestseller also. We looked at essentially his things from the point of view of what are these rules because I like to get into the nitty-gritty of things I don't like to be going around the block too much but it's really important to look at Peterson's critics and criticisms so what are the 12 rules I mean this is why we have to take it with a pinch of salt or do we well there's a lot of as I said people who are saying well this is a wonderful book so let's get Jumping right into it. Rule number one, stand up straight with your shoulders back. Seriously? Is that it? Well, according to Peterson, our subconscious brain is constantly looking around the environment to figure out the hierarchy of society. 
So we need to look at people and see how they respond in a positive manner and look for the direction that it gives us within our brains. Now we mentioned serotonin and things like this rather than going too mm, tough or really intensely into it and getting to neurological stuff, we'll keep it simple because he looks at action steps and he reckons that because people are, well, everyone is looking at, well, everybody else to access their place in the world, then a person needs to use this to their or your advantage. Now, in order to do this, you have to do is stand up straight with your shoulders back. You have to be very confident and address your posture. Now, when this happens, when this occurs, you start to treat, well, life starts to treat you better. And then there's brain chemicals that are released from this. Hmm, interesting. Rule number two then, treat yourself like someone you're responsible for helping. I'll say it again. Treat yourself like someone you are responsible for helping. Now, many people are kinder to their pets, it's said in this book, than themselves. Now, why have a pet if you're not going to be kind to yourself in the first place? The mind boggles. But according to this book, you need to treat yourself like someone you are responsible for helping. Huh, get your head around that one. Moving on then, he's puts this into an action step. And one of them is to begin by writing down your values and principles and then try to stick to them. Now that's a fair enough bit of advice, but again, it needs to be stuck to. Rule number three of 12, make friends with people who, well, want the best for you. That's fair enough. It's similar to being positive and hanging around with, well, positive people. Why be with negative people? He says, start by auditing your 10 closest friends. A bit analytical, your friends, auditing them, best of luck with that. Number four, he says, compare yourself to and who you were yesterday, not to who someone else is today. Huh, get your head around that one. So, what you were yesterday, but not who someone else is today. Hmm, that in itself is interesting. Again, action step-wise, just Start comparing yourself to who you were yesterday. Presumably that's to improve. So we take it with a pinch of salt and we move on. Number five, do not let your children do anything that makes you dislike them. Hmm, well that's fair enough. I mean, why would you want to get your child to do something that is gonna make you angry or mad or dislike them? Hmm, so be clear with your children about the rules. So one of the 12 rules is be clear with your children about the rules. Halfway there, put your house in order before you criticize the world. Uh, yeah, I hear a couple of old things coming back here like people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. Hmm, that's essentially it. The seventh one is pursue what is meaningful, not what is expedient. So what is meaningful? That is one of the golden questions. And he says, Ask how you can, or ask, yeah, essentially, how you can make the world a little better today. But is it your world, or is it the world? That's the interesting part. I mean, essentially, there's a little bit of contradiction going on right there. What if a child is involved? Your child. Get what I'm saying? Rule number eight, tell the truth, or at least don't lie. Now, there's huge wisdom behind this, and realistically, a lot of the old sayings, like I said, uh, People in glass houses shouldn't throw stones, tell the truth. 
these are don't need to come from huge wisdom of one author like Peterson. These can come from many, many millions of years of wisdom from human beings. These have been written down before. And this is one of the major criticisms of his work, that he's rehashing old stuff. So he says, we may lie to avoid hurting others. And we all know that. So do we need to rehash it? Here is, or there is, one of the criticisms. The ninth one of 12 is, assume the person you are listening to might know something you don't. Well, that is true, because essentially, if you ask, how are you? Well, you don't know how they are until you ask them, or they tell you. So the assumption is correct, isn't it? You don't know how they are until they tell you. Hmm. Interesting. Moving on, the 10th one, the 10th rule, be precise with your speech. Now that's a fair enough piece of advice. Why not? Why say something you don't mean? Be precise. And he says, if something is bothering you, get precise. And you know what? For sure, the world would be a better place if people were just essentially more honest. But that's number 10 of 12 rules. Is that not like an earlier one, which was be truthful? Hmm. The 11th one is leave children alone when they are skateboarding. Now that's very vague, or is it? And he says, well, if you essentially leave your kids alone, when they do things with some element of a danger, they need to grow up. Well, that's good because it's not exactly cotton wool parenting. It's not exactly just, you know, being the helicopter parent. Let them live and learn from their mistakes. Lastly, he says, pet a cat when you encounter one on the street. Well, what about a dog? I say. What about another animal? Pet a cat, he says, buy a coffee or maybe take a new route home from work. Be adventurous. Be grateful. There are some good bits, tidbits of advice there for sure. But the best one I can give you is subscribe. So please subscribe if you haven't already because if you do, you'll get great videos just like this. So thank you very much for watching. And until next time, have a wonderful day.